0: everyone welcome to another episode of the book more show it's stuart here and today instead of betsy we have with us one of our authors reagan archibald reagan how you doing
1: really good thanks for having me on stuart uh
0: it's a pleasure Um, i was just saying before we started recording that i don't always get the opportunity to speak to people as they're coming through the system on a day-to-day point of view but kind of see everyone's name so it's always great to put a voice to a to a name and the opportunity to catch up um Reagan's actually on his uh, fourth book with us now, so pretty prolific in the uh, in the system. We've got a couple of people who have really uh, jumped on board with the first one, but then seen the benefits and uh, and the ideas have exploded from there. So have, have really taken the system and run with it. And Reagan's definitely that uh, falls into that category. So I guess the best place to start is: uh, Can you give the guys a uh, background on who you are and what you guys Let's do, and we can move into what brought you to writing a book
1: yeah of course uh so my background is uh i've got uh four health clinics in utah called east west health i'm the founder of those i've got uh, training in chinese medicine uh, acupuncture functional medicine and stem cell therapy and so uh What I've done is uh, also created a a group called Go Wellness, where I consult and train and coach uh, other practitioners and their teams in growing uh, uh, larger practices where they can help more people and make a bigger difference in healthcare. And so I've I've used the books primarily just as a communication tool and to get the word out, because when you're reading something, it's that one avenue where you you know, you've got someone's attention, and if you can keep right. their attention for about five minutes, then it's amazing.
0: Right, <laughs> and in a world where there's lots of other demands on attention, it's actually surprisingly difficult to get even that amount of focused attention. I think the opportunity that you've identified and really run with is finding that thing that triggers someone's interest it's engaging enough and and uh, kind of on message enough to to keep their attention for the duration and then of course the the strong call to action at the towards the end for them to take that next step right the uh, two sides of the practices the the clinic and the coaching side of the business did they uh was there much of a time difference between those uh, how soon after the, the the clinic business did the coaching business come up
1: you know um I actually uh, I was just talking about this uh, with one of my friends last night uh, at dinner and my uh, my go wellness uh, practice that that's my, my coaching side of things that came up about twelve years after um, after this and so uh, now I, I started go wellness three years ago because of the need for something more innovative in uh, the healthcare space, um, so I decided, well, I'm going to start doing uh, w- what I'm doing. I'm going to start training other practitioners on how to um, build better teams, how to collaborate more, um, how to look at uh, their community and provide better value, better service, and that's, that just happened three years ago. My clinic at East West Health, I founded that four years ago. I'm um, always with the vision that Eastern and Western medicine can work side by side. I right. grew up on a farm in Idaho, and so I ended up having multiple autoimmune diseases and, uh, you know, exposed to a lot of chemicals. And so I was almost forced to find a new method of, of healing and healthcare. And so instead of going into Western medicine, now, because of my own experience uh, with it, with antibiotics and steroids, I decided, and I've got to find another path. And so um ended up going to school in Hawaii, where Burr was the founder of my school, the inventor of the pacemaker, and um, lived in Hawaii for four years and then came back to Utah and, and set up East West Health. And, and we've grown uh, very, very well over the last uh, 15 years.
0: Wow. That's quite an interesting story. People often talk about uh, business being a, a passion project, but to have such a kind of strong personal connection to it before getting into the business, it's quite a different story from someone who just goes to school and, and falls into a, a job that then turns into a career. There's a there's a strong personal connection there.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: The um, I mentioned just as we started, we're on the fourth book now as we... Um, as we're recording this the first one a uh, number a couple of years ago that conversation that brought you to writing a book in the first place was it something that you had been thinking about for a while and we just happened to cross the radar at the right time or was it not an idea before you saw the nine minute book process but you thought that was something that was straightforward and easy to do with your experience well uh, two
1: things is uh, one is I've got another book called your health transformation and I worked with a great publisher on it, but it literally took me um, probably 300 hours to write the book and to go back and forth. And, and uh, it just sat there. And then I, I published that book and then I started my second book. And then as I'm, you know, I'm still working on that second book, by the way, and I've been working on it for two years, but in the <laughs> meantime, I saw 90 minute books and I've got a contract with them, so I've got to fulfill it. But I saw 90-minute books, and I said, holy cow, can you really do it in 90 minutes? And then when Susan and I got on the phone, I was like, this is so easy. All I have to do is is talk about the things that I talk about all day long, every day, the things I love. Uh, I can reference my research in these books. And they literally are done. I mean, my next book on brain health, you know, that's going to be published in less than about two months. Versus a two year process. And I had to move. I took my family, did a little sabbatical in Hawaii for a month just to finish that first book because I couldn't get enough focused attention on it. And the 90 minute book process is just, uh, it's made my life 10 times easier.
0: I feel uh, I'm happy for you and sad for the family. Happy for you that you got them done so quick. Now, sad that the family now miss out on Hawaiian vacations while you try and get it finished <laughs> off. <laughs>
1: well, it's now like, we can go on vacation, and I just don't have to work on my book. You know? <laughs> that's to true. Wake, wake up at four in the morning
0: <laughs> and try and get it it uh, finished off. Do you know we hear that story so often of people who potentially um, come with something started at, at various. And that whole drag and um, the challenge of getting something, written, the, the kind of the the slot, the long slog of getting through it, it really is one of the things that resonates with with anyone that started trying to go through this process already and i think as people are listening to this the the thing that really stands out to me is not only the process which we've now got pretty refined and it's it's pretty smooth the way that we can extract the kind of outline in the first place and that turns into the words particularly for people who are in your situation where you've got some great knowledge you talk about the subject all day every day anyway so just to be able to extract that that from you but um but I think, in addition to the actual process side of things, there's almost the the freedom of the books being. Typically smaller and targeting that single target market that we talk about, having a very clear purpose and function so that you don't get this kind of scope creep problem. Um, I was listening to someone on a podcast, it was probably six months ago now, and they were talking about the book writing process and they'd written something like 120,000 words and they were having to cut it down to about 80,000. So all of that wasted effort and all of that stuff that ended up Coming out of them because it was important at the time, but it didn't quite fit the parameters. So there was all of the, the culling in order to make it into this contractual edited, um, more traditional book version that they were they were um, that they were having to write. So I think that element is not just the process, but that element of the focus being a lot more specific excuse me specific it uh i think it gives that mental freedom so that it doesn't become such a baggage so that it's not such a problem even before you kind of you start so it just makes it seem more achievable
1: right and and so Stuart, do you know the uh statistics i mean uh, i've heard that the the percentage of people who actually finish a book cover to cover if the book's longer than 60 pages it's it's like maybe eight percent of people do, do you do you remember that statistic i can't remember if i heard it from dan sullivan dean jackson i can't remember which which person was talking about that do you know that
0: i think it's about eight i can't remember off the top of my head we've got uh, i think we had i'd referenced it a little while ago there was some um there was a article written it was couched in terms of the move to kindle and digital publishing so it was some statistics that were in there what's but you're right that number was super super low sub 10 percent and the interesting thing there is that's even on fiction books so books where people are buying them for the sole purpose of being entertained by the thing that they've bought not necessarily being educated or given additional information or answering a question but things where there's a a, in theory 100% motivation for completing it it's still that low. the the whole premise of what we try and get to in the in the 90 minute book setup is this concept of kind of like a a a coast-to-coast flight so by the time you've kind of boarded and sat down and been offered a drink and the turbulence has settled down a bit you've maybe got kind of two to three hours of, of reading time in between where you can go through and digest some information and eat some, eat some pretzels and drink some bad coffee. But by the time that you're uh-huh. coming into land, you've consumed all of this thing. And that that size book that you just mentioned, the kind of 50 to 80 pages on the single subject where it's all dialed in. You're answering a question, and providing value, the read rate of those, although obviously we don't have this is mainly offline stuff so we don't have statistics to back it up but anecdotally at least the read rate is far far higher and even if it's not cover to cover word by word by word at least to the point of getting the concepts out and someone being motivated to take that next step which uh, which is really the thing that we're interested in kind of guiding people towards Um, improving their their knowledge and understanding and and having a further conversation but um, yeah it's it's an embarrassing truth i was listening to another podcast when i'm working i tend to listen to podcasts a lot so i get through quite a few but it was a i can't remember whether it was a crossfit one or a technology one but the guy was talking about having written the book and the fact that it's now sat on the shelf because in the time it took to write, some things had moved on, so it was slightly out of date, they hit their own business, had pivoted slightly, so it wasn't necessarily the book that they would choose to write today if they were starting again. Just because this process took so long from start to finish that the that the um, relevancy or the specificity of it kind of had died off uh, and they'd spent all of the time and money creating something and it was an asset that was then just... Um, sat there really not being used which is is the biggest disappointment
1: yeah yeah no i love it and i think people look at books as the end result is i want to write a book so i can get an idea out and my uh, my books are meant to get a person to take action and do something to get healthier and to you know get their life back or as a practitioner how to you know cultivate a uh, more sustainable practice where we can actually transform healthcare and the last thing i'd want is for them just to read the book and say so that was amazing i loved it and then it sits on the shelf and they do nothing so right. yeah I'd, I'd rather have a 60 or 80 page conversation with somebody and if they like the conversation that i'm having because your books are conversational because i just have a conversation with Susan or one of the, the coaches there and um, if they like the conversation, then it 's so easy for them to look on the back cover and there I am and it 's so easy to find me and and, yeah. and we have people who call from all over the you know international calls and it's it 's been amazing, so I really uh, love the process
0: it 's interesting you talk about that scope and that reach it's uh, I, the good friend I work with back in the u k is a osteopath. And uh, they do shockwave treatment as part of the practice. And that he'd already established, uh, had a good reputation establishing the business because he was one of the early movers and worked with one of the big manufacturers. is is one of their ambassadors. But they see exactly the same. They see quite a wide scope worldwide from people researching the subject, coming across it in the same way that uh, people do for your books because it's available as a digital download on the site starting yeah. that conversation um but they're out of area so we've had this conversation a couple of times with the people because they talk about there's almost a fear sometimes of people not wanting to put something out there and and coming across an audience which is geographically irrelevant because they're in a certain place and it's always an interesting conversation because what i saw with paul is two things happen one is if people out of area do come across it then that's uh just an inevitable part of being out there as a thought leader. So just because some wider people are uh, some, I'm going to use the word irrelevant, but irrelevant in the sense of they're not going to walk into the clinic and, and get treatment because they're overseas. But the people who are going to walk into the clinic still fall into the same funnel. it's It's part of the same campaign. So we talk quite a lot about this two-stage approach of step one is is identifying the people who are possibly interested, and that's the job work of work in the book. The book does a great job of all of the population of addressing those ones who are interested. But then there's a second stage of sifting and sorting, and that sifting and sorting stage can be through follow-up emailers or even if people are calling into the office, having some kind of sifting and sorting check and balance that separates out the five-star prospects from the non-five-star prospects. But trying to make the point to people that it is two separate stages. The collecting of names on stage one and the sifting and sorting at stage two. If you try and combine those and sift and sort at the first stage, the risk is that you're kind of thrown away five star prospects because they get caught up in the sifting and sorting rather than collecting them all in the first place and then moving on. And the second thing that we saw as a kind of side effect of that or byproduct is that Paul's credibility and his kind of global presence increased even further because of this kind of non-restricted view of getting the information out there to as many people as possible not just trying to restrict it to people who would who were more likely to ultimately turn into to clients so I, with your footprint the, the kind of breadth that you've now got across the the three and soon four books i don't know if you'd seen anything similar um in terms of kind of the reach
1: yeah oh definitely and, and we actually have patients that fly in from all over there. You know, I just had a, a patient who received my book. I'm in Utah and I had a patient who called from uh, Calgary and oh, said, Hey, I, I read your book. My, it was, it was your sister who gave her the book and uh, she said, I loved it. When can I come out and get treatments? And so uh, that, that happens at least once a week. Um, wow. So, you know, we get, we have, uh, patients here in utah and they know patients all over the country they'll give the book away or people will hear me on you know my podcast or in a blog that i've written or you know a place i've been interviewed and they will go to my website and they'll download the book they'll read it and they'll uh, enjoy the book and give me a call so yes yeah, it's been great and then we can create um videos around it we have um we've created youtube videos around the content in the book um that we can send as an educational tool before a patient ever comes in. They get the book physically if I'm doing a presentation to a group of people, then I have something physically to hand it out. And it's because it's a smaller book, it's uh, you know, it's basically a two dollar business card that right. someone's not gonna throw away. <laughs> they're not gonna like walk out and see a garbage and just toss it in there like they would your business card. Um, but they're actually gonna say, well let me read this book. It was a gift. And so uh, I want to take some time to dive in. I, I I enjoyed what the presenter said, but now let me get kind of uh, my own head wrapped around these concepts and then I'll decide for myself. But if they've got that, that book there, then they can really um, make an educated guess or an educated decision on if they want to work with you or not.
0: I think that point that you made about the book, just the physical, um, the actual thing itself, the fact that a book has in society at the moment or i mean really ever since the printing press was invented and it's probably going to continue for some time there's an authority and a, a kudos and a and a presence that a physical book has that the very other few things if anything actually it carries the same way and we often talk about the the whole concept of the, the 90 minute book this is a marketing Strategy to start a conversation with people who are likely to benefit from the service and, and become a customer. The fact that it happens to be a book is irrelevant, isn't the right term, but it, it's kind of the quirk of fate. It's the ease in. Uh, the fact that we've got a process now that makes it easy to create, the production costs are lower because of technology. But all of the benefits of the old world of printing still stand. And it's I completely agree that if you go to a present a uh, a um, what's what I'm looking for? like a a, a workshop, expo type place, and come home with a, a bag full of business cards and, and brochures and uh, a book, the book is going to be the last thing that ends up in the trash uh, as you kind of filtering and and sifting things out with the bag to uh to pick up on some more interest once you once you get home and the the moments die down it's um the medium itself i think has some extra although it's not the most important thing it's definitely has a lot of extra um It juices the system a little bit more because of what it is. Um, The point you touched on there about referrals and people giving away to people passing the books on to other people. Do you find that happens a lot either physically with the books or people will will, uh, contact the office because they're they're trying to get hold of one because someone else had mentioned it?
1: Yeah, we we find that um, all the time. We we have new patients who come in. They sign up for a plan of care. And we ask them if they have anyone in their life that, you know, they think could use some help with the types of services we provide. And they say absolutely. And we say, how many people? What are their names? And so uh, we write down the names and the people. And and so in the book, they, you know, we have a nice little, uh, um, you know, gift for the person they're giving the book to, uh, free consultation. And then we uh, just follow up with, that individual. So uh, when they come back for their next visit, we just say, "Hey, were you able to give this book to your dad? And um, how did he like it? Would you know? Would you like us to reach out to him?" So it's just a nice, it's a nice way of giving uh, some value to somebody. And then when that person, what I find is when the person reads the book, then they've already created a relationship with me. So that's the difference between a business card and a book. Is is a book if it's not an intimidating big old you know, 500 to a 1000 page book, someone can pick up a 60 page book. And there's your brain is already thinking, I can read this, I can, I can really dig in. And then it's a way you can start, like you said, the conversation. And then when that person actually comes in, it's as if they know me already. And so there's there's no breaking the ice, they understand, you know, where I come from on on health. And uh, it's, it's just uh, really been a great uh entry way for um you know getting people to uh, make a better decision when it comes to you know chronic disease and getting rid of pain.
0: That element that you were talking about in just the referrals, the the psychology of being given a book by a person that you know like or trust already and they kind of pass through um pass through credibility or pass through um edification of you because you've been introduced, even if not personally, but you've been introduced by a a, a friend, someone that they know, uh, know, like, and trust already. I think that has quite a um, – it's a much stronger position rather than a book turning up in the post from you that maybe appears to be unsolicited. Also, I think for the yep. person making the referral, it's much easier for you to give the book to your, your patient. And let's say here's, here's the package to pass to the friend rather than asking the patient to kind of give up their, their address book and the name and address details of someone else, because there's a reluctance there in a, in a kind of world at the moment where there's a lot of, um, the marketing activity that's done out there and the kind of uh, darker side of the the web and tracking there's a very much uh, it used to be a low barrier of entry of getting someone's email address because um, everyone was perfectly willing and happy to do so but increasingly these days getting someone else's contact details are more and more challenging so the way that you do it in passing the book to the the um to the patient to pass to the third party and then following up with them to see it far more effective i think than trying to do it the other way around of just saying are we can you give us a the refer, uh, details of someone that you know will get this out to them
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah and it, it makes it an easier conversation starter for that person too instead of kind of the awkward like hey you know you've got this knee issue that you probably ought to get addressed here's a place to do it well they can they can start the conversation, but why don't you read this book and right. see if maybe they've got some answers for you.
0: There's the whole psychology around that gift giving and being the kind of leader in the pack that makes the great referrals. So if you're the person in the group that always refers a good movie or talks about a good restaurant, then that, uh, it almost builds your standing within the audience. So there's, there's kind of little endorphin fits hits all the way down of, of uh, the most effective way to to do it when we when we finish up today i'll shoot you a copy of the broker breakthrough report that we've got that is specifically targeted at the realtor customers that we work with so um but to kind of sub out the context um but it talks about this psychology and i think 99 percent of it you're doing already but i'll i'll shoot the report across because it might be interesting as you oh, i love it as people are listening to this, you should grab a copy of it. It's at a website called gettingreferrals.com. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Um, as I say, it's written specifically for our, refer- our real estate community, but just so about your own industry because the, the psychology around it and the psychology of those referrals is really quite a different way of thinking than, than most people. It's really interesting to hear you talk that you're already thinking down that route, but I'll get a copy of that across to you. Um, The other thing you mentioned in that conversation, which I think is a a little thought of element, but super important, is it almost preconditions the people who are reading to understand the elements that you guys believe are important and use the language and kind of the, the premise and the setup. And it almost predisposes them to be dialed into the way that you're ultimately going to be talking to them when they do walk through the door. So I think that positioning piece that the book does as well is um, is again something that's not really I mean it's rarely thought of as the the main reason for writing, but it's definitely quite a strong benefit just before they even walk through the door, it really gets people dialed in or starts to get them dialed into to the channel at which you're you're talking and the, the language that you use and the direction that you want them to go.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think the last thing I'd want to do is to have somebody show up at my clinic and they say, well, I want surgery on my, on my knee or my back or, um or uh, just a medication to mask some of my, my pain. And that, that's not the type of people, that's not the services we provide. And so, you know, it saves them time and saves us time and, and the people who really are looking for a, a true experience and a health transformation. Those are the people that I want to come in. So I, I find that it's uh, out of respect for the the person as well, because I've, I've you know wasted. We've we've spent a lot of time with people who are not in the right place at the right time. And since I've had a book, it's been You're able right. to narrow that focus down to the people who we can really help.
0: Yeah, it does that element of um, it gets past all of those initial sets of questions that that uh, i'm guessing often come up anyway and the people that then right. follow up are those ones that are are more dialed in yep that um you talked about writing in the first place and how the process was straightforward because this is stuff that you talk about day to day in terms of the um so the way that we structure the the chapters and get people from the title on the front cover that kind of identifies the, the problem or the challenge to the next step on the back cover that gives people a place to to follow up and take on more the chapters in the center we really look at kind of structuring those around either common issues or common questions or or a, a way of a mindset change that they need to have so you're on the fourth book now in terms of structuring the book the content was there did you go into it with a particular uh, knowing that you wanted to cover a particular topic or did that come out um as part of the conversation with, with Susan and, and our guys, uh, quite often we'll get people who come on board who say, okay, I've been in business for a number of years, but I can't think of what to write about particularly. And then uh, a lot of the time is then spent dialing people in on on what the most valuable idea is. But from your perspective, was that already dialed in or, or was that something that came out in the process?
1: You know, um, it was, in my case, uh, the majority of the books I've written is where, We've had a new breakthrough in, in science or medically in our clinic. And I'm doing massive amounts of research on it. And then I do a presentation. I'll have um, you know people from the community and my patients. And I'll do weekly presentations. And just to see how the content is resonating with them and see how well I can communicate it. And then what I'll do is once I've got that presentation fine-tuned, then that's where I will record it, and then we I send it to Susan, and we have conversations around that. So I, I think my process um, certainly is is different than than probably the majority, but I, I like it because then I know I've got a message now that resonates with people, and I've gone through it a few times in front of several audiences to see what works right. and what doesn't work.
0: Um, what a refined process. And This is what I love about it, talking to people, kind of um, on the call face, the the kind of cutting edge of doing it is that process you've now got dialed in so it might not have been as smooth on the first book but you're the fourth one in now the audience that you've got or the ability to speak in front of a uh, audience to kind of just begin to dial in that message as you said to see what resonates that and then commit it to the page that's such a fantastic process and i think out there people listening Are going to have those opportunities maybe not in exactly the same way but the opportunity to here's a subject that has some traction at the moment either because this is a kind of like a evergreen topic that people always ask about we're always getting calls about this in which case that kind of audience testing has already been done because people are asking the questions in the first place or it may be that they've got um, opportunity to speak at a school or they might come on a podcast or I think there's often people skip over those things because they don't necessarily think about it in the in the bigger funnel it's not necessarily something that falls into the, the there's a book silo over here that they're thinking about and there's a speaking silo over here that they're thinking about and they don't necessarily make that connection as you've done to really get that process refined through interestingly with a couple of people we've worked with it's almost then gone the other way around and they've used the book writing process to do the the brainstorming and the dialing in and version one of the book has been their kind of their starting position this is what they've assumed it's then been out there for six months they've got some feedback from the people who are reading it they've done a version two that's then dialed it in even further just to kind of highlight a point or they may have missed a a particular subject the first time through and then they've used that refining type work to then turn that into a speech or perhaps video content online and they've used the, the book as kind of the testing field and then created other stuff um your I mean you're doing that as well you mentioned before some of the the after unit stuff that you're doing the the after book stuff that you're doing but you've got the opportunity to do that testing first in front of an audience and it's really interesting to hear people come to the process kind of the same building blocks the same structure uh, but just with different pieces in place to to actually get it done yeah it's great I think when people have that opportunity to kind of leverage what they've got there's no kind of one size fits all we've got a framework that um that guides people through and gets things created but it's definitely a framework it's not a prescription it's it's um it does vary person by person there's lots of opportunity i think that is in in fact so uh, we do a lot of work with the strategic coach guys um and we create a lot of school card books for them and that's the that's the difference in um or one of the differences in oh Oh, did I lose you for a second?
1: Okay. I got you now.
0: We're good. Hey, so That might be been my voice cracking out a little bit as well. <laughs> um, okay. I was just saying we do uh a fair amount of work with the strategic coach guys. They've over the last couple of years they've been working a lot on scorecard books. So we've got a lot of authors who've written both a kind of a manifesto book, a a um 90 minute book in the first place and then have followed up with a scorecard and that's the one of the differences in the process of the products that we've got in the the 90 minute book is definitely a framework and it's pretty flexible no matter what type of book that you want to write and how you come to it whereas the scorecard books we treat much more as a product because the framework has already been done by the coach guys where they've set up their scorecard in the first place so the the variations that they go through in order to create it has already been done so we structure the scorecard book as a product that's very prescriptive to get it done in a particular way because we have over time have refined that to be the most effective way of creating it because all of that um that variable work that thinking about work has been done so people often um are thinking about the 90 minute book as a as a product, as you've got to do it in this particular way, and it's usually based on the way that they've seen their first book. But, um, it, but it's very flexible, and I think you've seen that as well as the as it's uh, as it's developed. So, really, it's a case of no matter how you come into the process, what the what the background is of the information that you want to get out there, there's there's within the framework, there's a way of being able to easily easily create that. Yeah, sure okay. That. that was a bit of a a uh, a bit of a tangent There, just as, as I was thinking about it. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was how you're using the books. So you mentioned that it's on the website as a digital download for all of that passing traffic or traffic that you want to point to it. But just before we started recording, you were talking about physically using the copies of the book at events and that type of thing. Do you want to run through a couple of the examples of how you're actually using them? are in the real world
1: yeah so um that's where we just uh, were at, uh, was at the mindshare summit um jj virgin's uh, program there and one of the things they asked is if you've got uh, a book or some type of uh, product you'd like uh, to introduce to to uh, all the mindshare members then then send those out and so we were able to send hundreds of books out and you know i saw people carrying them around Opening it up, there's people who are seeking me out because they had the book. Um, That's that's what we do on the professional level, or whenever I go to an event, um, I just put several books in my backpack and I will meet people and I'll say, "Oh, let me give you a copy of my book," and you know, it's a conversation starter. And then, as far as it goes uh, in our clinics, each of our clinics, we have um, you know books. We have massive quantities that we order every month. And, uh, we have people who come in for educational seminars every week. And of course they get the digital download before they come in. And then when we're giving them their, their notes and their surveys as they're, they're getting seated and ready for the uh, seminar, they also get a copy of a book. So it's a gift that we give them. So it's a law of reciprocity. And, uh, you know, there, there's, there creates some credibility, some, uh, authority with us because yes, uh here's the author of the book now speaking um and then it also like I you know mentioned before it, it, we give people the the book where that we ask them you know who has got someone else out there who could use some help and then they raise their hand and we get the names and give them an additional copy of the book so it's it's just a way of of multiplying uh, our message and our reach in a in a way that's uh you know that that's very thoughtful and you know, non-aggressive, but uh, in a way that that person can really add value to someone else's life, which makes their day too. So it's a yeah, you know, it's a win-win. The,
0: that idea of looking at the the end product as two slightly different things—the digital version and the physical version—and looking for the ways to kind of maximize the um, maximize the medium, if you like, maximize the way that you can use the different um, the different versions of it to achieve more it kind of i like the way you were talking about the people coming into the clinic have the digital version already because they've they've probably read it before coming in but then following up with the physical copy because it does take all of those other psychological boxes of the reciprocity and the um the authority but the gift giving as well and the setting up the it almost sets up the relationship on a on a on a giving hand rather than a taking hand, even to the point where they're they've become a customer. It's not like you're just using them for leads on the outside. It's kind of building that relationship on the inside as well.
1: Yep. Exactly.
0: What about in terms of um of challenges or areas that you feel could be amplified? I definitely take some opportunities to kind of brainstorm some ideas to um, given the experience that we've got with how other people are using them. Is there anywhere that you feel that it's not, um, that you haven't quite cracked the code on it, or it's not making as much of an impact as you like or a new idea about getting the, bu- the books out into people's hands? Is there anything that uh, that we can run through on the call now that, uh, that would be actually useful for you day to day?
1: You know, I think um, on on one of the things I... I would like to see it in the books that are some images. And so in my next book, we're actually going to pilot that where there's some images. Cause you know, everyone learns different. Some people, they just, right. they don't learn while well reading words and they need visuals. And, um, and then people need audios too. So I think one of the, 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 uh, the things I've looked at is um, having an audio version of the book and then having some images in the book uh, so that you can, Target all the different types of of learners. Um, I think that's that's kind of an obstacle we're we're trying to overcome. And then the other obstacle for me is is just um, you know I, I have uh, you know I've, I've already got a, my next book. It's already right there in my brain. And so um, <laughs> you know I don't I don't know if you'd uh, if you if you have like a uh, kind of like a monthly check in for a guy like Reagan where you're just like okay Reagan what's next and uh, or or if you have any advice on on getting uh, getting more books out there, um, yeah, that would that would also be helpful too.
0: So it's interesting that you talk about the kind of the frequency and the keeping things moving. We've had a couple of people. Um, the last couple of shows, we were t- talking. I was talking to Betsy, and she was just we we're just doing a check-in on who she's been talking to recently and there were a lot of people who seem to have popped back up again who maybe were had raised their hands a year ago but then a year had gone by and and before they realized they hadn't got started so that regular check-in process um perhaps we were looking at it more for unconverted people rather than people who we're actually working with um but that definitely seems to be an issue at the moment of life coming up and getting away and then time moving on i think a couple of people we hear um it's quite funny you see the notes come through sometimes and a couple of people say um because the first step in the process as you know obviously is getting in touch with susan and scheduling those initial calls so quite a few people will kind of buy in advance and say okay that's great i've done this now but i'm actually not ready for three months because of x y and z coming up but uh let's definitely schedule a call in there so a number of people kind of pull the trigger almost giving that as a Uh, as a motivating reason to follow up and then once people are in the system and we've got kind of outstanding books to create with people then obviously we've got that regular check-in process i was talking to someone a little while ago about having a um, kind of like having an informal q a type call. Uh, so the lines that we used to record can have multiple people on them as well. And uh, we've got another conference call system where it's possible for people to raise their hand and just kind of structure a Q&A session a little bit more. So I was talking to someone a little while ago about setting that up and having a monthly kind of just uh, office hours open call session where people can dial in and ask anything. That would be something that we would email out about just as a reminder. So I don't know whether that would be enough of a trigger to kind of do that check-in um above and beyond that i mean particularly for yourself maybe more than than other people listening to you because we've got uh, a pretty close relationship now being four or five books in but um we can definitely utilize uh, betsy's skills of uh, staying on top of things as well and can get her to uh, schedule a check-in with you as well just to see how things are going yeah that that would, be, that, we i can think use i love it because... accountability. Yeah. For the people who
1: are listening to this, if you, if you've not done it, there's something liberating about it. When you have the book, when it's complete, then it clarifies your mission and your purpose. And so, you know, my mission, I want to change the lives of a million people by 2025 and pain and chronic disease. And so there's lots of different types of pain and different types of chronic disease. And, And I, I want to create books on all the major types that we help. And so that's where, um, you know, it becomes very important for me to, uh, you know, get that message out as quickly as I can.
0: So, um, and what a fantastic goal that is as well, because using the knowledge and experience, this is what you say to a lot of people, particularly we pick on the financial services sector quite a bit because, um, it's it's like it's an easy target sometimes if i've some of those guys and it's absolutely not all of them but a couple of the guys particularly you really get the feeling of holding back information because they don't want to divulge some stuff until people come through the door but in this day and age the exact opposite is true information that there's very little that you've got in your head that doesn't exist out there and with some kind of diligent googling around people couldn't find it so why not be the message carrier and share all of that knowledge and right increase people's awareness and particularly from a health point of view the opportunity to um to allow them to make a difference that has a very real physical impact on their life yeah um, the images and the audio you were talking about adding in, images, I think you were talking to Betsy about the images in, in the latest one, so that's definitely no problem at all. Um, the broader issue on, or not the to be aware of is just kind of the the resolution and we get so used to seeing things on screen where the resolution can be quite low because you've got the the color saturation and the the screen resolution isn't really an issue um so sometimes if people try and put complex images in there or images that turn out to be pretty dark there's just that kind of resolution challenge to be aware of so things yeah. the simpler the better um in fact one um, i'm in the office this week down in winterhaven and one of the books that came in uh, the guys who created that actually had a whole kind of image suite already created for a, a lot of the stuff that they do so they had stick figure drawings created that they reused in the book and because that was relatively simple and straightforward and they were created kind of on message those images worked fantastically well in the book because they stood out they weren't over complex they they illustrated the point they were trying to make because it was kind of that combined um the image was created specifically for the point they were trying to make the the flip side of that i mean we occasionally see people who have obviously just grabbed screenshots off the internet from somewhere and that's usually um the least likely to work because it's um because A, it's not fit for purpose, they probably don't have the the right permissions to use it and just the quality isn't there for it to to come out on the page. And it, and it almost distracts because it becomes a, a distraction to the content as opposed to this other example of of it being perfectly aligned. So in the bigger picture, because you do have such a big suite of books now and there's the, there's the desire to create even more to the library, having that, if there is the opportunity to get something kind of thematically created... Um, almost like a visual identity, like a, a brand identity almost that where that particular figure or character or or shape or or um, style represents what you're trying to make because, you are now looking at uh, creating such a broad suite, having that set created that illustrates things might be worthwhile because then you've got the opportunity to not only use it in the book, but reinforce that point that you're trying to make about a particular thing. Um, across all of the other assets so on the website on material on presentations so you, you can get that um that kind of visual identity flowing through and with the amount that you're doing that might be a worthwhile investment um the audio side of things we as part of the pro product book there's a we I talk about an audio version in that um that's definitely not the produced um Uh, soundboarded type uh, audio book Um, but what we do is uh, free up one of the conference call lines so that people can read through there well actually it works in two ways either the initial recording that you do is if that's good enough to use as the audio and use that as a kind of behind the scenes position it as a behind And since the raw content as this idea came together and provide that as the audio, that's one way that we do it. Or if the initial recording is a little too choppy and not quite fit for purpose, then the other suggestion is the wish edited version of the book to be complete either record it locally and send it through to us and we can clean it up and package it or we can free up one of the conference lines and then just record uh, a, a read-through into the conference line and use that as the version for the audio but yeah, what I haven't you be... and and that's super easy to do as well again sticking with the idea of the the 90-minute book publishing versus traditional publishing the idea is to easily and quickly get something out there that can engage people so that recording option is far better i mean we have had um mike mack who was on the show a little while ago they did actually go into studio and record it as a professional audio book with all of the chapters and everything like that but that had a uh, uh that had a big price tag a- associated with it and it, it was a great end product but it uh it, it did come at a cost. Um so yeah there's definitely options to do it easier. Um the thing I haven't seen anyone do yet particularly is then kind of um provide additional supporting audio information to go with things. So there is the option, um what's the best way of my kind of hands are gesticulating in front of me as I'm kind of draw a funnel in the air. But uh, so, so stick with me for a minute. But if you can imagine the book funnel, the book sits usually towards the top of the funnel, but that funnel steps through towards someone taking a buying decision at the end. So with your examples, the first, uh, the second one, so the acupuncture blueprint and the, the following one was about stem cell. So each of those funnels are pretty Disconnected. There is a crossover, but they're targeting very different groups. The book right. at the top of the funnel is the way of introducing the subject and bringing people in. But further down the funnel, there's the opportunity to add elements in that either a reinforce the message that you're trying to make, so it's additional information to back up someone that joined at the top of the funnel, or there's the opportunity to inject people part way down the funnel because they resonate with one of these sub assets if you like so using either audio or video or presentations to support one of the chapters as a new asset as a way of either reinforcing the message with people who have come in at the top so um the acupuncture book as an example um Actually, sorry. So let's use health on purpose because I actually happen to have that in front of me at the moment. So of the chapters that go through that book, talking about the different mindsets that people need to understand the different elements, recording pieces of audio that kind of just give an, a more in-depth explanation of each of those chapters kind of the expanded version of one of those points using audio i think for most people is one of the easiest ways of of creating it because it's very easy to record something i mean you can even do it into your phone and end up with an audio file that you can just put on a website somewhere right recording something that expands it and goes deeper and gives people that behind the scenes look i think is a great opportunity that not that many people are doing at the moment because um well, I'm not sure why, but uh but it's it's definitely not something that we see. But I think it's it's easy for almost everyone to create. Um so that for you I think is another fantastic opportunity. And that maybe leads then into the podcast type method, which we were talking about on the show last week, um, as we record this, it might be two weeks ago, as the as these actually get re- released. But we were talking about the book as a way of getting people to raise their hand. But because it's only the the 10 to 20 percent of people who raise their hand who are ready to move in the short term the rest of them are ready to move in the long term it's having a way of engaging with those people of being able to continually send them an email with a super signature that talks about here are three ways that you can get started today just constantly reminding people like you were saying being reminded about the writing process in the first place reminding people that this is something that they were interested in audio might be a great way of of pushing that out there and whether or not it's a it's a long-term commitment as far as a podcast goes or whether it's just pushing out shorter audio snippets um yeah i think that's a, a great opportunity to kind of increase that understanding beautiful that was a lot of words um no. some of the <laughs> some of the tools that uh, there might be an option for you there there are services like anchor which is a very easy to record uh, podcast distribution type platform. I think they're still free at the moment. Um, there's obviously like the social channels like uh, Instagram stories and and Snapchat, Though I mean, maybe it's not like audience mix there. Um, there are services like, Orphonic that do a lot of audio cleaning. So if you record something into your phone and then push it into Orphonic, Orphonic is an automated way of cleaning up the audio and actually distributing it to certain places as well. So there's a lot of tools where you can quickly kind of get these things out there. And then it's just a choice of deciding, okay, well, how do you want people to kind of receive it? Are you expecting them to subscribe to something or do you want to back something up with an email, which is probably the recommendation, um, back something up with an email announcing the release of the thing that you just recorded. But the main job of the email is to include that super signature, which has got the reminder of, by the way, here are... Whenever you're ready to get started, here are three ways that we can help you and give people almost reiterate the three um, three steps on the back of the book um, that that give people those ways to to take the next step. So that um, did we? Co- I think we covered the things. there. images in the book is definitely yeah. a thing, but it's it's um, the thing with images is just be aware of the quality, the yeah. audio there's a couple of ways of getting the audio for the book recorded. I'll get, uh, I'll shoot you an email later on today when we're we're finished and just put a few reminders in there and give me a shout about any of these specifically and we can follow up, but there's definitely ways of getting the audio of the book, audio snippets or the, the kind of, I think is a great way of staying in touch with people and giving them adding to that value. And then once you've got this uh, this library of, of additional deep dives, then you can always turn those into individual assets and have those as introductions to the funnel as well. Um, referrals we were talking about you kind of hit that uh, hitting that out in the park already the other one that might be interesting that we haven't talked about is this kind of idea of complementary non-competing businesses so is there anyone um anyone that you're either working with or aware of or part of a community where you can add value to their community by sharing the books with them but then by virtue of you sharing them you also get an access to that audience as well that's is maybe a group of people that you wouldn't otherwise have access to. Does that ring any bells? Is there anything that, uh, anything kind of complimentary non-competing that, uh, that is in yeah. your world already?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, there's a lot of different, uh, different groups, um, you know, as far as uh, professionally, um, you know, there's, there's orthopedists, there's uh, other medical clinics that, are non-competing they do a completely different type of service than we do here um yeah those are those are some great groups um uh, for sure yeah i think there's a lot of great applications with this Stuart. and yeah really uh yeah appreciate the the evidence we can go in on this
0: it's uh such a great um it's so great to be talking to someone who is really grabbing it and running with it. I just, uh, I've been walking around the office as we were talking, I've just got back to the community and realized the time. So we should probably wrap up and I'll let you get, uh, get on with the rest of the day, but I'll follow up with you with, uh, with an email. Uh, Just before we did go, I just wanted to give people who are listening the opportunity to uh, check in with the stuff that you're, you, you are doing uh, what's a good place if anyone's listening and wants to learn more about what you guys do across there in utah what's a good place to for people to head across to you
1: know the the best way is they can call us at 801-230-1611 um, or they can easily email uh, me at uh, info at go
0: fantastic well i'll make sure those connections are in the show notes as well um it's been an absolute pleasure i'll follow up with you with uh, a couple of the things that we talked about in an uh, email definitely give me a shout if there's any more uh, if you've got any more questions we'll touch base with betsy as well and just follow up on a few of the specifics but uh it'd be great to have you back on the show in a in a little bit down the track and just uh touch base and see how it's going
1: would love to do that especially once i get the book with the images and uh, just uh, really appreciate you guys and everything you do and um we'll be in touch
0: fantastic well thanks for your time thanks for your time listening everyone uh, as always head over to 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcast for the show notes and if you're ready to get started and uh, race uh race reagan to creating 10 books then uh, then the challenge is down so follow the get started links and uh, and get the first one started so reagan thanks again for your time thanks everyone listening and we'll catch you in the next one
1: take care everybody bye bye
0: thanks